welcome to episode 39 of the Whatnots Review Show, where each week we pick a story and we talk about it. Could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio show, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, whatever we need to do, and then we come back here and we discuss it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by my co-captain, Kyle Springer. Kyle, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad to be back. Yay! I, I, I missed doing all the podcasts o- 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 over the, like, holiday uh, break. I, I got to watch all of the Marvel movies <sighs> with my family, which was both fantastic and a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> because they, they they have a hard time sitting still uh-huh. to watch movies, so that was bad. Um, but it was still a lot of fun, and they got to finally experience them all. Uh, so it was it was it was good. That's so good. good. It's one of the most fun things to like show something you love to your parents, like yes, as an adult, and not just like as a little kid, and they have to sit down with you. Yeah, they had seen most of them, but then it, it got to the point where they for, like, had mm. forgotten to watch some of them and then were, in, <laughs> were interested in watching other ones. And I was like, yeah. well, you can, like, no one's stopping you, but if you want to experience them all at once, mm-hmm. which would the, be the way the to go, way to do it. <laughs> especially because my mom d- doesn't have the best, like, short-term memory. Mm-hmm. So if she watches them, like, all back-to-back, that would help help her. And she was like, this is amazing. I didn't know they all connected. I was like, we've been saying that for the past 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our parents are kind of like that, too. <laughs> it was good. It was, it was fun. What are we talking about today, though? Out of all the pitches I gave you before we left, Kyle, because we took a three-week break away from the show instead of our usual one week, so we had a greater amount of time to work with. And the mission you chose to accept is the entire six films of the Mission Impossible franchise. Yeah, starting off 2019 with a bang. Yes, this was a very exciting first pick. So these movies all together are, I bought the Blu-ray sets, Plain old Mission Impossible in 1996, directed by Brian De Palma. Mission Impossible. (laughs) Mission Impossible 2 from 19... Nope, 2000. Mission Impossible 2 in 2000, directed by John Woo. Mission Impossible 3 in 2006, directed by J.J. Abrams. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol from 2011, directed by Brad Bird. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation from 2015, directed by Christopher McQuarrie. And new just last year now, Mission Impossible Fallout and 2018, so directed by Christopher McQuarrie again. There you go. Awesome. I yeah, I'm I'm excited. I wanted to pick these ones because oddly enough, I haven't seen any of them but the first one. Mm-hmm. And that was a long time ago. Yeah, I'd never I, seen any of these. I, I I was just, I never became a Mission Impossible <laughs> fan. Uh, and so I was like, you know what? Those are good action movies. Yeah. That's a good, like, explosive start to 2019. Good, good fun. Mm-hmm. So why not? Let's do all of those. Yeah. Uh, so I... with the Marvel movies and these six movies and maybe the like one or two other movies I watched, what? I think I watched about like 30 movies <laughs> over the, wow. the winter break. And each what one is like feat. almost 
two hours so it's like 60 hours of watching movies that's what winter break is for yeah yeah i i pitched these movies because i've never seen any of them uh but this year last year in 2018 i ended up seeing a lot of movies in the theaters like i saw uh Avengers twice. I saw Ant-Man and the mm. Wasp. I went to see Jurassic World 2. I saw all kinds of stuff Avengers. over like the, the spring Avengers and Cup. summer. <laughs> I would see all kinds of things over spring and summer. So I saw the Fallout trailer over and over again. Yeah. And I was excited every time. Like, oh boy, the Fallout trailer, it's back. Like, I never got tired of that trailer. And I listened to not one, but two James Bond podcasts and they keep bringing up Mission Impossible just as like a comparison point. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm I'm sure we will too. <laughs> and so I'd become familiar with the concept of these and I'm like I've got to sit down and watch these things for real cuz I want to know what they are cuz I knew literally nothing besides your mission should you choose to accept it and yeah. like the theme song and Tom Cruise like yeah. dropping down on a wire and like sweat yeah. drips off his nose and that was the end of it. <laughs> and I knew Simon Pegg was in them. <laughs> well, that's all you need to know. The that's ingredients. the Mission Impossible films. He <laughs> falls down and stays there. <laughs> that's in like all of them. <laughs> yeah, I I nicknamed these movies Tom Get Down From There. <laughs> oh, Tom, get down from there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put tape over them like when I put them back on my DVD shelf. And it's just like the Tom Get Down From There collection. <laughs> that's funny mm-hmm. yeah. so what were you yeah. kind of expecting going into this also like pretty much never having seen them um I, yeah i was dead definitely expecting like spy action thriller which is what they yeah. are um I, I i did always kind of think of them as a comparison to james mm-hmm. bond uh but i didn't know how much of a comparison yeah. it would be is it like oh we we're only saying that because we don't know anything else like or or is is it, is it like oh this is actually a lot like james bond you, you know here's the the wacky gadgets and the cars <laughs> that do all these crazy things you know um so but the- uh certain ones are a lot more like yes. j- 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 james bond and certain yeah. ones are not i think the fourth one is very bondy but yeah i've got that's yeah yeah, I, I think in my opinion, the fifth one was the most like mm-hmm. a Bond, but still, yeah. um, I had I I figured out like what the distinction is between these and Bond. Like Bond is all style and it's all like flash, and these have got plenty of spectacle in them. But people possess people like James Bond because he's cool and he gets all the ladies. But James Bond is not a nice boy. Ethan Hunt is a nice boy. Ethan Hunt is somebody you can take <laughs> home to your parents and he will help you move and he wants to pet every dog. And he'll creepily read your lips in conversations that he has. <laughs> that is like, how does he hear that? Uh, <laughs> no, so so yeah, I mean, if, if we were to break this down for like a premise, mm-hmm. uh, we've like, kind of said most of it, but all jumbled up. He's a yeah. spy. He works is. for the Impossible Mission Force, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't know, but these are all based off of a TV show yeah. from the 60s. My dad mentioned that 
to me mm-hmm. when he. I think my dad's um, seen it too. Which I mean, they they mention it in like the opening credits mm-hmm. of all the films based on the television series from blah blah blah. Um, but I yeah, I mean, just not having despite Mission Impossible being in the pop culture for so long, I you would think that was that would be something that people know, but somehow I missed that. Um, but but yeah. So based off an old television show that apparently my dad really liked back in the day. Um, and he, yeah, he, he's, it, it's, they take on these impossible missions that <laughs> yes. really aren't all that impossible because they do every single one of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he usually has some kind of t- team helping mm-hmm. him, spy, espionage, Thriller, high action, big explosives, yeah. car chases, um, and as we've already mentioned, it's kind of like the American James Bond. It is, yeah. It's more of, I will say, it's more of an ensemble piece. Like James Bond is a solo hero, and he's got occasional yeah. helpers, but Ethan Hunt has a rotating series of helpers. Like there's some people that will only be mm. be in there for one movie, but like Luther is in every one of them. Uh, yeah. Simon Pegg. Uh, uh, Benji, in like Benji's in four of them. Or Jim, yeah, you know, uh, Brant is in two of them. Like he's got, he gains a more concrete team as the story goes on, and it ends up being this really lovely story about friendship and just how much these friends are willing and loyalty. To, yeah, like how yeah. much they're willing to do to protect each other. Yeah. So it's good if if you guys haven't seen them yet. Uh, go check them out. There's there's six of them, so you, there's actually a wide range of yeah. styles and stuff. Since there's multiple d- d- mm. directors, some are a little more cheesy and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Some you are get, you... some are more down to earth. Here's a spy th- 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 thriller, and some are more like mm-hmm. James Bond and stuff like that. So it's yeah. good fun. Yeah, I will also say if you're like wary of James Bond and his libido, I guess these movies have a lot less of that. A lot less. Yeah, Yeah, there's no like, you know, womanizing. He's not betting a new lady in every exciting new European city. Like, nah, he's just here to do the job and be your friend. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Um so let's see do we have any housekeeping first on the docket i would say go check out our three-year retrospective our three-year anniversary episode uh it it should have already been out at the time of recording this i tried to put it up i think i need to fix something which i will do immediately after we record Mm -hmm. this thing um but it's up on youtube it's up on our website uh, all of that stuff as well. By time this goes public, hopefully all of that will be fixed. So if you are watching or listening to this, uh, not on our live stream, uh, which is on the whatnots.com slash live streams every Sunday morning, usually at uh, noon Eastern time. We're doing it a little bit earlier yeah. today. It's actually almost noon as I'm saying this right mm-hmm. now. So we're about there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you guys are listening to it later, hopefully that stuff will be fixed. 
um, by then. But it was a lot of fun. We got to sit down with a bunch of us, uh, not all together. I kind of had to stitch it together. Um, But we got to talk about all the stuff we did at the Whatnots this past year. And it was a Mm -hmm. lot of fun. It was good. Uh, I think that's it for housekeeping. Uh, we did just record a new episode of The Captain's Log yeah. as well, which will be out shortly, uh, bef- just before this one comes out as well, maybe around the same time. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for that yeah. as well. Yeah, I'd also like to say uh, check out our YouTube channel where if you're used to listening to these as a yeah. podcast, you can watch the video live streams. I have brand new equipment for this year. And... Yeah, you do. <laughs> So I sound better and I look better and I have a different camera angle. So now me and Kyle have the same size face because <laughs> yes. my previous camera, like, I don't know, like the depth of field was different and my face was just closer to the camera and it was bigger and it always would bug me when I would check out what the live stream and captures looked like. Oddly enough, because my camera has never done the like smaller get big thing, yeah. which was happening to your camera for mm-hmm. the past like month oddly yours didn't d- do it yesterday so oh. maybe my theory is right that it's something to do with the uh the like built-in camera yeah stuff who knows but yeah you have I... a new camera mm-hmm. now, so ho- hopefully it stays the same size <laughs> yes yes i don't develop ant-man disease and i get bigger and smaller <laughs> With that being said, we are about to get into spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. So if you have not seen uh, the Mission Impossible films, um, we are going to start diving into those, including the most recent one, Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, so we wanted to warn you there. And I have a brand new spoiler alert. Yay! Yeah, Melissa can't see it on her end, but it just <laughs> popped up on the live stream. I've seen stream. it in other live streams. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's on there. Um but that is your guys's warning for this. Yeah, and this it starts out pretty episodic. Uh but the franchise does develop this mythology and these ongoing character relationships and yeah. Fallout really is a lot of things coming together. Like, I do recommend going in and watching all of these together, like, not having spoiled for what Fallout ends up being when you're watching, like, Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Um, so let's dive in, then. Oh, boy. Where do you want to start? Do you, <laughs> do, do you want to start and, and just go through them one at a time? Yeah. Is, is that what you want to do, or do we kind of want to mix it up? Oh, uh, let's do a little bit on each movie. Uh, and okay. I think if Mission we, Impossible 1. I think if we did like even basic plot recaps for all six of these, that might be kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah. So general, general patches of the whole thing. Uh, so Mission Impossible, this came out in 1996. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up watching stuff parody this movie all the time over and over again and i didn't know what it would be like going back to watch the original version if it if it would feel really stale or old but no it's still just as exciting it's riveting even though i know oh everything is gonna work out fine i've seen this spoofed in so many cartoons and i know there's five more movies after this but still i'm like how's he gonna get out of that room 
you know, what if that guy sees him dangling from the ceiling on a wire? Is he going to get the knock list? Like, it's still very good at drawing you in and keeping you compelled by it. Yeah. Um, that's that's one of those things, like, uh, it, it sounds really strange to say, oh, 1996 was so long ago for, for, for us, because that, that, that was our childhood. When I think of old, I tend to think of, like, my parents like childhood <laughs> um but it it that was that's what uh, like almost a 20 something year old movie now yeah it's 22 23 years old oh dang. that's kind of cr- crazy yeah. um and it yeah like i think that's kind of the risk you run though with older films you're not mm-hmm. you don't know what you're gonna get because it could either be really cheesy or just really bad or the effects aren't that good mm-hmm. and that kind of ruins the the illusion and you know stuff like that um and i think with this one yeah it holds up well. yeah it's the way it tells its story is really interesting like i think it's directed wonderfully it's got this kind of dynamic artsy quality to it with lots of really interesting camera angles and it starts with ethan and this team and like i had kind of a hard time keeping the team straight at the beginning like okay who's this and what do they do and how you know what's their relationship but it ends up not mattering because then all of them die and then it's ethan trying to figure out okay who killed them why and like it turns out there's this big smacking the microphone i still have to get used to having like a mic stand and it's right there in front of me i gotta calm yeah, my hands there's not down. much that i can do like i gotta with, use with my indoor hands <laughs> use your indoor hands melissa <laughs> but he finds out there's like way more twists and treachery evolve involved in like his team dying as the mm. story goes on and one thing i thought was cool was that the villain's plot is revealed to us through the villain having flashbacks. And I don't know if I've seen another movie do that. I don't know. I, like, I, it's not the villain saying, this is what I did. And it's not Ethan saying, that's what you did. Like, it's just flashbacks sent to us that reveal the entire thing. I don't know. I just, it seemed like a neat idea. Yeah. Number one was the one where they're looking for the list of names. Yeah, right? it's like yeah, two okay. lists of like uh, undercover agents, undercover names, and the real names. Yeah, it's like the decrypt the the decryption key. Yeah, al- almost. Um, yeah, that was a good one. I I I think having watched them all back to back, they're starting to blur yeah. into one another for me a little bit, uh, which is unfortunate. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I. Cause I'm, I'm, I, I don't know why. Like the second one is almost overshadowing the first one okay. for me, I, and <laughs> not in a good way. Okay. Do we want to kind of move on to the second one? Because I feel like there's much more to talk about there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, okay. we we can move on. Um, the second second one was not good. I did not I, like the second one at I, all. <laughs> I had heard that the second one was not good. And I think it is still the weak point of the franchise, but I yeah. kind of liked it. There's parts of it I liked. I I like that it's a smaller, intimate it's, story that's more about like emotions than it is about espionage. Like it kind of it's nineties comics in distilled into a movie. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it's 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 nineties comics 
plus the year 2000 mixed in. It is is the corniest one of all of them by far, but like it was corny in a way that like I found entertaining. (laughs) It's not trying to be corny. It just is because it has aged like that. Yeah, it's 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 a little over the top, which is kind of unfortunate because that like I I think Mission Impossible, the first one did so well Mm -hmm. uh, and became like a a major part of pop culture that the second one was like, oh, let's get a big name director who is uh, like I I don't want to say more adept, but is willing to like make his own in- interpretations of stuff and have this really cool yeah. edgy movie yeah. and that's kind of what they got this like oh i'm trying to be edgy, <laughs> edgy. it's like, very edgy oh. even down to like the way tom cruise's hair is cut is edgy <laughs> i will these were the things i liked about the second movie i liked his love interest i liked this like cat burglar woman i thought she was interesting as a character and I like that she, she was the most Bond woman. Yes. Though. Yeah. This is like a very Bond type of movie. And I like that she wasn't exactly a love interest. She's the relationship her and Ethan have are like they're attracted to each other and they like each other. They kind of want to see how stuff goes. And it's not a romance. It's like it's not like that's that's my woman. That's the love of my life. How dare you take her? It's like <laughs> I want to hook up with that lady. Don't kill her. <laughs> like i like we that have it was... something planned next saturday yeah uh, I don't like, kill her <laughs> i like that it wasn't a full-on romance it was just two people mm-hmm. that kind of wanted to date each other for a little bit like i yeah. like that it was a very serious take on a not serious relationship and i like that it was kind of uh, stepped down like that and the movie didn't overblow what that relationship was it kind of kept it at that yeah. level consistently the whole time now i'm thinking about the music in that film because it's even the soundtrack <laughs> is is like that 90s grunge rock like mm. late 90s early 2000s just yeah yeah man like the it does not fit <laughs> like their interpretation their like remix or whatever of the mission impossible theme nah nah that, that's the thing like i understand all of those cho- choices to, yeah too like hey this 2000. is really popular mm-hmm. we like the explosions we like the the like sexy relationship that they mm-hmm. have there let's amp all of that stuff up let's just give yeah. them more of what they want and then it's like, oh, wait, that that really wasn't what they wanted. Dial it back. <laughs> Dial it back. <laughs> I also liked, and this is, I don't know if it's the movie. I think it's just me. The plot of that movie is that there has been this, uh, like a virus has been developed, like this terrible mm-hmm. virus. And then there's also an antivirus for it. That's right. Yeah. And like, uh, I mean, a, like a disease virus, not like a computer virus. Like this pandemic I mean, it is sort of the thing. year 2000. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, the bad guy had, like, he stole the antidote, but he needs the disease so then he can sell, you know, he, if he releases the disease, then he can sell the antidote. And I liked that plot just because 
in terms of movie plots, I think bioterrorism is my favorite form of terrorism. If you follow that, like <laughs> in in movies, don't do it in real life, folks. Kids don't do a bioterrorism. <laughs> I I just like that as a threat. Like it's more relatable to me. Like I'm more compelled by a pandemic than i am by just a big bomb or something this, like that. yeah than yeah. than some like mysterious thing on a floppy disk yeah yeah like oh i can <laughs> get that like a disease i can grasp yeah um yeah that, that sure as hell was an interesting one yeah like i said it's got a handful of things that i like but i also am aware like oh that's things for you melissa those are things melissa Which likes not things that also... are likable <laughs> It's strange because in movies, usually the second one is better than the first one. Mm -hmm. for, for, for most cases, I, I'm sure there are tons of exceptions. But I, Yeah, I can think of a like, lot of really good sequels off the top of my head. You, you can do, like with m movies, it's usually the sequel is always better. Mm. But with m music, it's always the sophomore curse. Where it's like, oh, they had a really fantastic album, and then they do their like experimental thing. It's like, <laughs> you guys know who we are now. Now, now, like, now we can stretch our legs, and it's like, don't do that. We we, <laughs> we liked your first one. No stretching. No stretching. Um, but then the third one. Yes. Uh, that was the first one. JJ he he directed that one. JJ. Abrams, but that's when Bad Robot kind of yes. stepped in to help with the mm -hmm. production from then on out. That one, to, to, to me, the third one was a million times better yes. than the first two, and I was like, oh, this is so good. The third like one, one locks in for you. The third one is the movie that takes Ethan Hunt from being an action figure that does action things to, like, a real man. Yeah. Uh, or, or not even just like a real man, but like he's actually a character, and I think it it also becomes less about these like James Bond spy, super cool badass mm -hmm. destroying my glasses, you know. Um, oh, you just did the big and small thing. My theory has gone kaput, and you are a little bit robot-y right now, which is unfortunate. Um, oh. I you am now, too. now you're holy shit you're gone completely I have no idea what I, happened I disappeared ghost protocol <laughs> I've been ghost I've been disavowed I so you're, it's now it's not just the big or small thing but it it's it's it it's gotten like thin and that's what it was so thin that it was off of the, what? the thing. I have no idea what's what? happening right now. This is amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to turn into a star shape next time. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's just it's it's going to spell out some hidden <laughs> message. You, you know, like, what the hell? Um if if you guys don't watch us on YouTube again, we have our cameras up mm -hmm. so you guys can see us and Melissa's camera. The past like month and a half has been doing this small and large thing, and I haven't ever figured yeah, out why, I've and I can't always... find anything online about it. Um, but yeah, I'm always anyways. Clear. I always look the same, but it like like it makes me tiny or it blows me up real big. Like it keeps playing with the camera angle. 
And now this I'm skinny. Okay. Yes, it's I don't know. But we're from now on, I'm going to try my best to ignore it so the yeah. at least the audio listeners uh, aren't b- bothered by our Don't hear us repeatedly yelling stuff. about a thing yeah. they don't like, see. Oh my god, what is happening? Um, if, for those of you watching on YouTube, I apologize. <laughs> it's going to be a crazy it if we ride. Knew how. <sighs> yeah. Um, but uh, what was I saying? Third one, JJ Abrams, yes. a million times better. Yeah. It's it's also less of the like we're gonna try to be edgy and mm-hmm. cool, and it I I think doubles down on a more grounded. Yes, it's very grounded. Like I said that I liked in movie two, it's like Ethan is to go recruit this cat burglar woman because Mm -hmm. it's her ex-boyfriend that stole this, you know, uh, anti, he stole this antidote. And so he wants her back. And so it's kind of this emotional game between the three of them. But this is like, exactly. It's grounded. There's real stakes to it. It's not just like a woman Ethan Hunt met and liked. It's no, he went out on a vacation. He met this woman and he is settling down with her. He's getting married to this woman and leaving the entire yeah. spy life behind. There's been enough time in between two yeah. and three where, yeah, they're like, we've spent enough time. Like, yeah. let's get married, you know? Yeah, it's um, six years between two and three. And I think that is the longest break between any of these films. Okay. I, I, I didn't know exactly how how long. Yeah, this but, was 2006. Um, so this is while he was also doing Lost. Okay. Interesting. Mm. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, really like J.J. Yes. A- 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 Abrams. Most of the stuff he does, or I, I at least can recognize he's good mm-hmm. at what he does on certain things because I didn't like the Star Trek movies. I saw that first one he did, and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> but um, most of the stuff uh, that he does, I really mm-hmm. like, and I, I think this has a lot of his fingerprints all yes. over it. Like, watching this, I kind of tried to quantify, because, like, he was uh, an executive producer on Lost. He helped create that show. Like, I've seen those Star Trek movies. I've seen his, uh, I've seen The Force Awakens. And I'm trying to quantify, like, ah, yes, yes, in Cloverfield. And I'm trying to quantify, like, what is it that J.J. Abrams does well, and what do I like about him? And he's very good at ensembles and character relationships. Like, this has the... This starts really strong character relationships that then continue through the rest of the franchise. And it has some beautiful moments, like the scene where Ethan's like, Julia, I, you just have to trust me. Like, I, I can't tell you any of this. And Julia's like, okay, okay, I trust and you. If you tell me this is real easily kind of devolved into the oh my god is he cheating on me exactly and like i feel like any other movie would have gone that way Mm -hmm. but i I think that's that's the character moment that would have cheapened it yes it's it's like it's an easy like oh my god there's drama you know (laughs) yeah like there's there's stakes but there, you're right. There isn't drama. And I like that that movie does kind of do away with all of that stuff like that. Like um, Ethan's been teaching 
for a while while he's out of the field doing spy work. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you buy him as somebody that would want to teach a new generation of spies. He's got that kind yeah. of quality to him. Like, you'd never see a James Bond being a teacher, for instance. But so one of his protégés, like his number one student, like went out in the field and got captured. And he's, you know, they pull him in for like one last job to like go save her and bring her back. And Luther's asking him, like, is she more than a trainee to you? And Ethan's like, no, she's like my kid's sister. And that's the end of it. Like well, they're then, like, then, then he asks, "Are you sure you didn't sleep with your kid sister?" Like, <laughs> like, are you crazy? No, I I appreciated that they're like, okay, the audience is going to wonder about this. We're going to address it once and drop it. And yeah. yes, this is absolutely a time when Julia could think like, "Oh, he's cheating on me." And instead, you can tell that she kind of thinks, not you, you know, she's thinking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but she never comes out and says it. And it's also like kind of vague. Like she does. Could it be an affair or could it be like, is there some does he have like a criminal past or something like that? And she keeps it kind of vague. Like she doesn't spell out you're doing this, aren't you, Ethan? She says, if you tell me what we have is real, I trust you and I will follow you. And then they go elope. And they just get married at the hospital she works at by the hospital yeah. chaplain. And it's it could it's on the edge of being real cheesy, but I loved it. I feel like that was really well done. And again, yeah. this is something I think J.J. Abrams does well is taking those things that are like right on the line between being very tender and sweet and being very cheesy. Like I think back to Lost, like the first season of Lost where Claire was like, oh, the food I miss most is peanut butter. We can't get any peanut butter on this uh, island, and I keep craving Charlie peanut has butter. The and Charlie imaginary. just yeah, he pulls out an empty jar and he's just like, mmm, peanut. Like he just pretend <laughs> eats it because he can't do anything else for her but give her this like fun, goofy fantasy. And then yeah. later, like when she gets captured by the others and she's got some amnesia, she's like, I remember something about peanut butter. Why do I remember that? Like, yeah. I don't think he was. Sorry, microphone. I'm sorry. I don't think he like wrote. Karate chop. I don't know if he was like a scriptwriter or anything like that. I don't know if he had involvement in that actual scene, but that's an example of like something like what this movie is. Like this is right Mm -hmm. between being super cornball and like really emotionally affecting. Yeah, and then his like his camera work on top of that is a lot of like shaky cam it looks like someone else is in the room there um which i I think helps for that more grounded approach you feel like you're in the action with them you're like watching this happen Mm -hmm. rather than like it's a big hollywood block buster we have this like tracking shot that like slowly pans down to one side and there's style and pizzazz (laughs) and it it, like it it makes it feel less fake yeah makes sense he can do intimacy really well between you guys can tell now since we've talked about this one the most we really liked this third one yeah the third one's fantastic um i want to talk about Okay, so this was in 2006, and I feel like 2006 Mm -hmm. was when people were starting to get real wild with, like, coloring movies. Like, this was when the first, 
do you remember like there was a whole era where every action movie was like blue and orange and like weirdly lit and hyper saturated like after the fact and post do you kind of remember that kind of yeah it's toned down now it's well because it's also kind of around the time I, I, i guess i don't remember when all the blade stuff was coming out but like the first or i I guess like the second wave of like comic book films were just starting to get in there because in uh yeah the the one the one dude in this third film was dr manhattan in watchmen and i was like he looks familiar yeah where do i know him where do i know his voice from i was like oh it's dr manhattan Mm -hmm. um so giant blue penis on the screen that's where i remember him from yeah Yeah, that would have been in just three years after this yeah yeah and so like that's kind of what i'm thinking of like that and uh i i get i guess v for vendetta it was kind of around that same time it's just it's just hyper stylized yeah stuff but to the point that this movie's got that like coloring to it but it doesn't get like super oversaturated and crazy it's just got this beautiful lush like warmth to it yeah i don't like it's a colorful movie like again it rides the line between being really overdone and like really affecting last thing i will say on this one i think out of all six of the movies this one had the best opening just just like that that opening scene before Which the credits the start it starts at the a- 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 end when the bad guy <gasps> oh, has yes! uh, the, the wife captured yes! and he's like where's the rabbit's foot blah 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 um because yeah like it, it just starts like holy shit what is happening mm-hmm. whereas the rest of them there's some other good ones but those are also kind of the like hey this is like the cheesy spy opening someone is running and there's yeah, people yeah. Ch- chasing them and they're gonna do some sweet action mm-hmm. move and use some fancy g- gadget you know and that's the o- opening and then it gets down to the, the like okay here's the actual m- m- movie you, you you had your one little bite of mm-hmm. like cheesy spy stuff you know um uh i'm not this was like oh shit i yeah. am I am in. Let's go. <laughs> yes, that's such a powerful opening. And I'm not 100% done talking about this movie yet because I do want to talk about we'll, briefly. We'll, we'll come back. Yeah, to yeah. To it. Okay, we can come back to three. So you feel Number like four. Ghost Protocol, which is the next one where they drop the numbering convention. Uh, Ghost Protocol builds on a lot of what this movie does with the emotion of it and also taking showing you how the technology they're using works. Like, in the first two movies, you see them use those masks, but you don't know how they Mm -hmm. make the masks. In three and four, you learn a lot more about that. Like, you see behind the scenes of them, like, explaining what it is they're doing and how it works and what the pitfalls of it are. Exactly. Ghost Protocol has my favorite gadget in the entire franchise, which is when they're sneaking into the Kremlin, it's that camera Benji has set up that is going to project it films what is behind the camera and projects it onto a screen in front of the camera. So as long as you don't step in the view of the camera, like the guard at the end of the hallway on the other side of the screen just sees what he's supposed to see. Yeah. But when all those other people walk into the room and the camera goes crazy, 
trying to frame the background in the correct way for everybody's eye line. That was really cool. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah, it's um it's it it's fun to see a little bit more of how the gadgets yeah. really work. I think the fourth one though is when they started to uh introduce the the more modern I I, I guess Marvel method is the way that okay. I can yeah. put it nowadays where it's like, yeah, we do have this big action movie and uh you know it has all of these serious moments but we're gonna sprinkle some funny moments in in there because in in that camera scene like his face gets in the in the camera and hits his big face he's like oh oh, oh." (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah the fourth one the fourth one does become fun yeah and i like i'm i'm debating if i liked that in these movies or not because i i one part of me doesn't want them in there mm-hmm. of 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 this just like i i kind of just want like this is a more serious film. it is like it, it it shouldn't really have these comedic moments but at the same time i like the characters so i yeah i want to see that yeah know, like it, those... a lot of it does come from the characters themselves yeah there's so, it goes both ways, I think. <laughs> okay. There's certain ones I'm like, okay, that was a little much, but. There is in, I think, one of the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies, like one of the later ones where it's gotten really off the rails and it's super cornball. That, where I think like, the one that was really cornball was. Die uh, another die day. day. Yeah. The worst one I have heard. <laughs> I've actually only seen the Daniel Craig's, but I've had the other ones recap to me on podcasts, so I know all this stuff. But anyhow, like he takes off in like some crazy vehicle or whatever, like something in the background turns into a vehicle. I don't know, but there's like they're just on the streets of London, and a there's a shot where a pigeon looks over at what's happening, and then the pigeon does a double take, like a pigeon is like, what? <laughs> and it's not that this Mission Impossible never gets to pigeon double take. <laughs> it, it gets to like oddly, vaguely religious doves flying, <laughs> symbolizing purity in I, the. <laughs> but I do it have doesn't to say, do pigeon d- d- double takes. I do have to say that I was under the impression that film two was just wall to wall doves, and honestly, watching it, I'm like. That's a manageable amount of doves. Yeah. That's actually way less than I was led to believe this movie had. Like, and it's like I'm oh, fine. And I understand the, like, he can't move fast because then they'll all go flying up mm-hmm. and then it, like, alerts them all to him yeah. being there. I understand that. But, yeah, but then it's, like, the slow motion doves flying around, his hair flying in the wind, you know. And, and, and then it's, like, wait, are those doves? Why are those doves? Doves symbolize purity. What is this? In Australia. Why? why? This is vaguely religious. That's strange. Um, But but yeah, so number four, I think, starts to, like, pepper in some Mm -hmm. comedy, I think, just to uh, cut up the seriousness of the film, which is again as as i said it's good at certain times but then certain ones i'm just like i just want this to be a spy film <laughs> i don't know but, yeah, uh, yeah. it's a little 
it's the most madcap of any of them. And it leads itself to some fantastic action scenes. Like I think one of the strongest action scenes in the series is Ethan having to climb up the side of the Burj Dubai with like magnetic gloves. And then one of them fails. And then he just has to hop up the side of the building with one hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the one where like you, we like, I think our generation really started new. I was like, Oh, he does all his own stunts. Like, yes. He, he did, What the hell? Like, <laughs> There... I, I, I remember all of the stuff, yeah, from him, like, climbing on the building to the one mm-hmm. in the next movie on the airplane, like, saying all of that stuff was just like, whoa, they're going all out. Like, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're kind of t- taking the movies to the next level without it being that cheesy, we're going to have a slow motion explosion and doves are going to be flying and, you know. Yeah, I'm glad I watched these movies when I did because now it has this meta story to it of Mm -hmm. I know some of the behind the scenes stuff. I know that Tom Cruise does as much as he can himself. And so just like watching him like, oh man, everything that Ethan Hunt can do, Tom Cruise can do. Anything (laughs) Ethan do, Tom can do better. (laughs) Um, Although I don't know if Tom can draw that well. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) The Um, fourth movie, I want to talk about how it uses the Julia storyline from the third movie. Because I love what it did with it. And it's kind of playing on, again, a sort of meta story. And the audience knowing... Franchise is kind of like this in the past, just or like any movie franchise where like there's a love interest in one movie and they're not in the next movie for like plot just FYI, reasons. Your camera froze. Okay, it froze so, for okay. me, and I didn't know if you were also seeing it. I don't know how to make it unfreeze. Neither do I. Let's carry on. Let's p- pick up where we left off. Yes, you were okay. talking about. What Ghost Protocol does with the Julia storyline, because an audience would be used to in an ongoing like action adventure movie franchise for like there to be a love interest in one movie who's just not in the next movie, mm-hmm. sometimes for story reasons and sometimes that doesn't want to come back. So like the fact that we come back and she's not there, the audience is like half expecting it, honestly, just based on the track records of other movies. Yeah. And so they introduce this concept that, like, she couldn't deal with Ethan's spy lifestyle that he ended up having to reveal to her. And she left him, which is a standard reason, like, another movie would plug in there. But then they reveal that, oh, no, she was killed. And he's lying. Like, he doesn't want to talk about it. So he's just telling people that she left him. But then they reveal, oh, no, she's not not dead. Ethan just wants everyone to think that she's dead. She's alive out there. She knows like the two of them made an arrangement that she will like go into witness protection, basically something like that. Like she has a whole new life in another part of the country. And Ethan just like pops in to see her every once in a while. Like they'll just spot each other from across a crowd and nod and say, (laughs) I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay. I love you. Bye. Keep living. (laughs) There you go. I loved that built like twist upon twist that they did with that thing because it was like not at all what i was expecting and it was it took 
the attachment you got to Julia in film three seriously. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, we don't know her very much, but the way Ethan feels about her and like their marriage became something you cared about in movie three and movie four, like touched back upon that. I feel like the perfect mm-hmm. amount. Yeah. It, it just checked in as like, Oh, there is actually a little bit more continuity than we were expecting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that's, brought back again in the sixth one later yeah. on uh which is kind of cool too it's it's really like except for one reference to the first movie basically from movie three onward is like okay here's the continuity yeah yeah i mean it, it like it all happened right mm-hmm. but they don't ever reference the second one <laughs> no no you could yeah i think you could do away with the second one should you really want to. I thought it was kind of fun. Like, it's not so bad. I'd say skip over it. Parts of it are neat. Like, the break-in scene is neat. But yeah. um, I I think what the first movie does, even if they don't... Even if there's just one reference to it later on in the sixth movie, which we can get to, it sets up that Ethan is a man who has experienced loss and he does not want it to happen again. Like, even if he doesn't mm-hmm. mention them by name, if he doesn't say... I lost my whole team one time. That's still, you can still see that that's in him, that that's still affecting him. And that's why he's fighting so hard to keep everybody around him. He's lost his team, he's lost his wife, he's lost his best trainee. Like, he's he's lost a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's like, I'm not letting go of Luther. Like, I'm not letting go of Benji. I'm not letting go of Ilsa. Like, I want them all around me. Yeah. Um. I, I do have to say, I think once it c- kind of switched over to this new, more modern format for the uh-huh. three, uh, I, I don't, we'll, we'll go, it was Ghost Protocol, then Rogue Nation, and then... Yes. Okay. I think, oddly enough, I think that second one, that middle one, Rogue Nation, was the one I liked the least, but I think I'm... it's also the most important out of the three because it yes. sets up fallout the most like th- those two movie five and six rogue nation mm. and fallout have the most like con- continuity like you yes. need to see that fifth one to understand what's happening in fallout kind mm-hmm. of um, yeah i'm i'm with you on that like there's a lot of little parts of rogue nation i really like but the thing as an overall story like i've lost all the, as much i lost all the connective tissue like i watched it just a couple days ago and there's flashes of it flashes of it that i remember but the overall strokes of the thing just sort of like slipped through my hands like sand yeah. i remember the character beats and there's some cool action scenes like that like he has to go swimming like there's a. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know all the technical jargon for it, but he has to like replace a floppy disk. Swimming disc. is the technical j- j- jargon no, like, for there's some being sort of like a, a technical server <laughs> yeah. that like to keep it cool, it is underwater, and he has to swim in there, and yeah. like he has to go free swimming, like he can't take an oxygen tank with him. That is a really cool sequence, and this movie has some wonderful character moments, like um, like uh, Ethan Hunt has been disavowed or something like that like they think he's he's gone rogue and so like benji is being 
interrogated every week. Every week they give him a polygraph test. Like, do you know anything about Ethan Hunt? Where's Ethan Hunt? And he has to keep lying. And there's a moment where he says to Ethan, like, no matter what I have to tell the polygraph every week, you are my friend. Like the friendship in this movie is really lovely. Like him and Benji and Brant, who's Jeremy Renner's character and him and Luther and like the relationship he starts with Ilsa. I like that stuff, but the actual like espionage and mythology, like I know this is where it starts, but like uh, I kind of lost track of it like while it was happening. Yeah, it kind of fell flat for me, that fifth one there. Um, I, I, Oddly enough, though, I also want to say the fifth one was the most Bond-like t- to me. Yeah. That, not, and not in a cheesy mm-hmm. way, but like... I, I I guess some of the Bond, I I guess some of the more early Bond films was yes, like there's Doctor No trying to take over the mm. world, and you're building a giant laser on the moon, you know, and and stuff like that. But this is a more down to earth Bond style film. There's diamonds, there's a heist, and yeah. there's, you, 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 you know, and I think unfortunately for Mission Impossible, maybe that wasn't the the the. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's still good. Like it's still a, a, a good film, but it like I I just I I don't know if that if it landed exactly where I wanted yeah. it to. But again, and at the same actually, time, I'm, I'm I'm happy it did because it set up the sixth one so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to say that if I've done my math correctly, I think uh, Rogue Nation and the most recent James Bond movie Spectre. I think those both came out in 2015. Okay. So they I, might have been like I kind saw, of playing off each other. I saw, I think, the first two of the most recent mm-hmm. Bond films, and then I was just like, eh. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, number six. Fallout. I'm so mad that I didn't go see this in theaters because that Me movie too! was fucking amazing. Me too. Oh, it's incredible. Like, it's the stunts and the like this is so good on the action front and on like the emotional character arc front and and the the, the espionage front yes too. like just this was on a whole nother level of he, like, i know here's, like yeah i i like and, i had heard good th- like it's one of those things where if you hear a lot of good things about a movie you start mm-hmm. to k- kind of be like well can it really be that good <laughs> Maybe yeah. I shouldn't, you know, maybe I should be a little more critical. And then you end up being like, oh, it wasn't that good, blah, 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 you know. Um, but, yeah, this this was fantastic. Yes, I, I also am so mad I didn't see this in the theaters. <sighs> and, yeah, it's, this has this five and six of the same director. And we were talking about how, like, five is good moments, but, like, it becomes kind of amorphous and... I'd put five, like, I did rank all of these for myself. We can talk about the ranking at the end. And I had to put five, like, towards the bottom. But, like, the difference between five and six is extraordinary. It's so much better. Yeah. They grew Um, so much. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, like, a whole nother level. Um, I, it's, uh, yeah, like, I I don't even know where to begin with that that one. Because it's... It uh it takes the action to a much more mm-hmm. not not it's it's not it's not a spectacle 
like yes. what some of the other movies were. I felt like some of the action scenes in the previous films, even some of the good ones are just like, look at this spectacle. Here's something yeah. crazy happening. Whereas mm-hmm. this action was more like, like edge of my seat. Like yes. what's going to happen? Like, I yeah. don't know. It, like, how are they going to make it through this? Exactly. And maybe it's action. the fact that it's the most recent one. So we there's not another one after this. I mean, there could be, but we don't have it here in front of us to watch. So, mm-hmm. like, we don't know. Like, you know, uh, one side character That's dies, I, I, like, yeah. halfway through the movie. But, like, are we going to lose anybody else? I, like, yeah, it, it's it's that. I, I But I, I think it's just it's like I, I think I was also invested in this storyline. Exactly. Where it, 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 yes. it, it is this. Oh, wait. They're trying to frame Ethan for this stuff that this other guy did that they that happened in the the fifth movie, and they're saying maybe he's crazy and all that stuff. And it actually makes sense, but they're also not going into this weird like psychological mm-hmm. stuff, which I was like, okay, thank goodness yeah. that they're not, you know, going into some of that stuff. It was still very much this like espionage play oh no he was the one behind it i was like good move good move like i i (laughs) i understand that you know Uh, yeah and and yeah so it is more of this thriller in the Mm -hmm. sense like the action scenes they they i mean there are a lot of big things that happen in these action scenes but i'm more enthralled in in the storyline behind the action scenes rather than just, oh, let's go watch this popcorn flick where a bunch of things yeah. will e- explode. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, yeah, good film. Highly yes. recommend it. Very good. And it is, it. I think it did a really great job of, it is enough of just like a popcorn summer action blockbuster that you can walk in not having seen the previous five and have a great time. But it pays off So much if you have seen the previous five movies. It ties up the Julia storyline beautifully, I think. Mm -hmm. And I I do like I talked earlier about how this movie does not have the libido of a James Bond. And I appreciate that. I like that Ethan has had a lot of very kind of grounded, realistic relationships. Like in the first movie, like you can tell there was a girl on his team like he kind of liked, but you don't know what stage they're at and he's sad when she dies, but it's not a big deal. The second movie is a girl he's having a fling with and it's not made out to be anything really stronger than that and you don't hear about her anymore after that, but it kind of makes sense. You're not really expecting to. The third movie introduces this wife. The fourth movie touches on the fact that they can't be together, but she's still out there somewhere. It's not brought Mm -hmm. up in five. There's a little rest in five. And then she's back in six. And like he has never forgotten about Julia. Like his heart is still Julia's. Like he's never flirted with anybody else since then. Like I liked the moment when um, uh, the white widow like kisses him and he is just like frozen. Like he's not reacting at all. He is not kissing her back. Like, no, no. Like I also like that it's like, don't kiss me but also like no my heart belongs to somebody else like not even as like a ploy for plot reasons i'm i don't want to kiss you back yeah um and it's it it, it's yeah like it it just it's a good 
combination of all of that stuff. I I, mm-hmm. I, I think having uh like Ving Rhames character like be in all of these yes. is 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 a good thread. Um and yeah, it, like like you said, it 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 pays off so well, mm-hmm. um, which I I I think is is why uh it's it's it's, it's yeah it's just it's so good yeah so, it is 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 there any of the movies that you wanted to dive into a little bit more in detail or stuff while we still have some time oh, here oh I think I had a little bit more I wanted to say about three which was pretty much just like okay I like the way everything comes together in six you know, starting with Solomon Lane, the villain introduced in five, but three has the best villains like Philip Mm. Seymour Hoffman. Oh, three has like the most impressive technical shot out of all of these movies in three is the movie where they're starting to like show you kind of get behind the scenes. And like, this is how we make those masks. This is how all our technology works. And that you see them like designing the masks so that, Ethan can pretend to be uh, Davian, whatever Philip Seymour Hoffman's character's name is. And there's a shot where he's having the mask applied to him and it doesn't cut away. It's the same shot. And Mm -hmm. somehow right in front of your eyes, it goes from Tom Cruise wearing a Philip Seymour Hoffman mask to Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it's so smooth, especially for 2006. Like, yeah. I had to rewind it. Like, how did they just do that thing? <laughs> I mean, it's good CGI for that. Yeah. Just to... I, I guess that is one of the perks of, like, doing so much practical stuff is that when you do need a good CGI shot like that, like, you can really put the time and energy into it because it's you're not doing as much of them. Like, I think mm-hmm. the CGI work in these movies really is quality over quantity. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Number three, uh, or wait, yes, number three, you messaged me when you started <laughs> watching that. Right! God damn it. <laughs> so every, every now and again, I'll, I'll have someone... To tell me that they think I look like Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, which at certain times I can see it, especially if I've, if I have my hair buzzed. But you mm-hmm. messaged me a picture of him from I Am DB from Mission Impossible Three. It's like I didn't know you were in this movie, Kyle. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> um, and I was just like, I have I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> Um, I had I would I have been waiting for the opportunity for him to show up in something we are covering so that I could make so that it's, joke. To it's you. really strange because <laughs> I I I'm also uh, I I don't know much of what else she's been in, but I really like Michelle Monaghan who p- yeah. plays J- J- Julia. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's her name, right? I'm terrible with names. It is Julia. Yeah, okay. Julia or Jules. Um, and. And, and and so to, to to see her in that third one I was like oh I know her I really like her the first episode of the review show I covered a show called the path oh. uh, which is uh it, it's a fantastic show it's a Hulu original mm-hmm. um, 
but it stars Aaron Paul and Michelle Monaghan, <laughs> and they're and they're a couple. And so to see them both in this and their brother and sister, yeah, I was like, that's weird. really weird. <laughs> <laughs> He, yeah, Aaron Paul looks so young in, in, that, in that film. It's fantastic. And, like, people make jokes about Tom Cruise not aging, but watching movies that have taken place across 22 years of his career over the span of a week. Like, I went back to the original Mission Impossible, and I'm like, he does look like a baby. And I watch Fallout, and I'm like, he... He's not a baby, but he's still really young. It's like if you went to your friend's... Okay, one time I went to a friend's high school graduation party. And so he's just 18, but Mm. his parents have lined up like all of his old school photos. And it's like, this 18-year-old was nine once. Like, that's how it feels watching Tom Cruise. It's like, this young person was younger? (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Um... I don't, I don't, I don't know if the, 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 there's so much. It, it's, I exactly like it, we it's could hard talk to three more hours. Yeah, it that, that's that's one of those things, especially since we had we had six films to cover, mm-hmm. and they're all directed by different people yeah. and stuff. Did did you have a favorite scene, like a fa- favorite action scene, or something like that? Favorite action scene? I don't know. I I I had a a, a particular shot that I really really liked, Ooh, and overall, it's your favorite shot. Yeah, overall it wasn't like plot heavy. It wasn't action heavy, but it's in the sixth one. There's mm-hmm. a, a scene where, um, I guess it's Elsa's character is on the motorcycle chasing them, yes! and she takes a turn. Uh, as they go down one street, she t- takes a turn earlier at, like, I guess, underneath a building. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in some, like, open-air building type of thing. Um, and it it's, it's her on this motorcycle going just, just straight down this hallway, and there's pillars on each side, yes. and she's g- 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 going so fast, and you hear the pillars like on each side doing like boom 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 um but it it almost in one sense it looks really fake like i'm 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 wondering if they kind of digitally added in pillars i don't know to make the effect seem longer but they do the thing where they're like they're they're starting to go a little bit slower than her. Actually, I'm not sure which one it is. Where they go slower, yeah. or they're speeding up behind her. But then the camera like zooms out or zooms in. It does the opposite mm-hmm. there, so it has this like parallax effect. Yeah, and it's so fucking cool. It is good. I think that was. And you're right. They might have added a few more columns onto the end of it, but I also really I know that is a real set. Yeah, it might be that long. I was listening. I haven't finished it, but I've been listening to the commentary on Fallout by the director and by Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot of really neat stuff about how they filmed this movie. Like, you know, okay, so Tom, Ethan is being set up to kind of pretend that he is John Lark, that he is this terrorist guy. And he has to go along with the White Widow's plan just to like get to the knowledge and get to the, you know, the 
plutonium or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's the scene of like all these armored trucks showing up as part of the scheme and then the police catch them and then they have to shoot down all the police officers and you see him like struggling to like kill the final police officer who's seen them and then like he wakes up like it's like a nightmare or like this bad fantasy that he's having about like i don't want to be this deep into this i don't want to do this and that whole scene has got this kind of weird glowy lighting to it do you remember this yeah it it, it's uh it's not foggy but you're right it has this like weird glow okay why that is is that they were filming that on location in paris Mm -hmm. and this is a scene that is outside of the narrative of the movie kind of and they're like this is like a real violent scene And they're like, this is not what our franchise is about. We aren't this violent. Right. Like this is we were filming this as an illustration of the characters fearing, oh, no, what if it has to get that violent? We don't want it to go like that. So they didn't want the people around them in the real filming location to think, oh, this is an incontinuity scene in the movie, like Mission Impossible is taking a real dark turn. Like they didn't want that seen by anybody you kind of do because it's a subtle effect so it's like yeah okay this is the thing where they're like okay what's the plan you know and they start to like explain it at the same time it's happening right Mm -hmm. um and and then yeah and then it has the like we don't want that (laughs) no but why that scene looks the way it does is that they hung up so many sheets of like white silk around where they were filming so that nobody from the outside could see in and while they were filming it like it was all silent like they didn't have like you know on set gun noises or anything because they didn't want anybody to know what they were doing because it was so outside of like what the movie is about for them and so they were talking about like considering different things in the story and they're like that's not mission that's not mission like They've got such a a handle on what this franchise is and what its tone is. And like when they when it gets too dark and they don't want it to go that dark, like they've really got to rein in on the huh. emotional core of the franchise, which I really appreciated. And I thought that was really cool to learn. Oh, there's like a real kind of sweet backstory to why that scene was filmed the way it is and it looks gorgeous in the movie and it adds to yeah. that like dream like kind of dreadful quality to yeah, it I, I i guess now that you explained it with all those white sheets there mm. it diffuses the light yeah so it's more overcast and everything is lit yeah evenly that's strange though huh interesting yeah it's Good stuff a- it's been a really interesting commentary so far, like learning. I was so impressed by these movies. Like, I don't I, I, I think like, I bought all of these just for like the practical sake of, oh, I'm going to be watching these over maybe a couple weeks. If I see something in one of the later movies that reminds me of the first movie, let me buy all of them so that I have yeah. them all at hand. But now I'm like, oh, I'm glad I bought these. Like, I want to own these. I want to watch all of these again in the future and check out all of the you know, the bonus features and everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, finally I ranked all of these movies. Did you rank them or would you be kind able of. to rank them on the fly? Okay. Yeah. My so, ranking. I, hmm? I, I think we can put fallout as number one. Yes. That, okay. That one was fantastic. 
My ranking was Fallout, and then Mission Impossible 3, okay. and then Ghost Protocol, and then the first one, and then Rogue Nation, and then Mission Impossible 2 at the bottom. Yeah, I I, I think that's very similar to what I would do. I, I don't know if I would... Yeah... That that yeah. seems about right. I go it, back and forth on flipping around the first one and Rogue Nation because I love I the character stuff in Rogue Nation, but I think the first one is more impactful in like action scenes. Like it's more compelling on like that level. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think overall the f- the very first Mission Impossible film is more memorable than yeah than rogue nation was but again as mm-hmm. as we said that's the one that sets up fallout yeah so, yeah like story just, wise you need it it's it, just an opening just, yeah. act yeah yeah um i did are i i guess the mission possible franchise as a whole as we mentioned at the start is based off that old tv show mm-hmm. i'm wondering if there's like books of these and stuff because that's that's kind of what the the these last two films feel like it's like one big novel that they then divided into two movies Mm -hmm. yeah i was wondering that too like i don't know if i've ever watched a movie and wanted to also read it like you know i think when we were kids it was a bit a pretty big trend for like movies to have novelizations of them Mm -hmm. and i would try to read it and it would always like give me this weird uncanny feeling to like read about something I saw on screen trans like an internal monologue. Like it never felt quite right to me, but I watched these and I don't know, like I wanted a book. I wanted to read Ethan's internal monologue. It it feels kind of like what they did with some, again, to bring back James Bond. Uh, it feels c- kind of like what they did with that, where I think it was Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace or something. Yes. I don't remember which yes. ones exactly. Yeah, that's the two of them. But it's it's one book, and they just divided it into two movies. I think Casino Royale was one book by itself. But w- yeah, when they made Quantum of Solace, it backs up immediately after Casino Royale. That basically is one movie cut in two. Yeah. Like, because there's such a short amount of time between the two of them, and... According to the Bond podcast I listen to, like, Quantum of Solace is so much better if you watch it immediately after Casino Royale, because it kind of needs that to build on. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe they they brought on this new guy to, you know, do, like, a trilogy or something, or who knows? It could um, be or, that. Yeah, He. I looked him where, up. Where they I, planned out the, the story. Here's what we're going to do for the next couple films and that's why they feel so connected it may very well be that because i looked up christopher mccrory this director because i wasn't familiar with anything else that he had done yeah. and he has worked with tom cruise very closely on a number of recent projects like jack reacher and valkyrie okay. and i think a few other things but yeah he's like he's tom's buddy so i could definitely see Being the two of them <laughs> Oh, so when I listened to the commentary, I was like, how does a man like Tom Cruise introduce himself? And so the commentary starts and it's like, I am a writer, director, Christopher McQuarrie. And Tom Cruise is like, and I'm Tom Cruise. 
the writer and director's friend and co-worker <laughs> friend and co-worker <laughs> friendly neighborhood tom cruise tom get down from there tom, get down from there <laughs> which also could be an apt description for the new spider-man movies true they also have a tom that should get down from there tom get down from there <laughs> that's good that's good um, did, did, was there any kind of last parting remarks you wanted to say about these Mission Impossible films? Ah, I just want to give a brief shout out to Michael Giacchino, the composer of three and four. There you go. Because those were the movies directed by J.J. Abrams and Brad Bird, who have worked with Michael Giacchino before. And it yeah. wasn't until I started these that I'm like, oh, dang, am I in for two big Mike scores in a row? Yes, I am. And they're fantastic. Yeah, there you go. It was good. Mm -hmm. It was good. It was fun. Highly recommend it again. Yes. again I am so mad at myself that I yes! did not go see Fallout in theaters. I want to go back in time just to I like wish. six months ago. That because that just the experience of having it on that big screen with the like ginormous sound, mm -hmm. it would have been fantastic instead of me sitting here at my computer watching it on my headphones. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it it, it 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 was good. If nothing else, go see that one. Because mm -hmm. um, that I, I think that is well worth your time. It is on another level. Yes, and it can stand on its own. Um. If you had to recommend something else, uh, if if people liked these films, what else would you recommend? I think J J James Bond is a given. Yeah, um, I would recommend would The Man from Uncle. This was another like old nineteen sixties. Yeah, an old nineteen sixties spy TV show. Uncle stands for I think united nations council for law enforcement or something like that and it's just about an american spy strategic and a homeland spy. enforcement <laughs> intelligence lo lo logistics division <laughs> it's about an american spy and a russian spy that have to work together and uh i think it was guy ritchie directed um a movie reboot of this a couple years ago starring again henry yeah. cavill okay. and army hammer and it's so much fun it's a little bit more like witty it's a little bit more on the comedic i mean it's not i would describe it as a romp but not a comedy if you're able to translate that okay it's, it's fun <laughs> it's just sort of fun and witty and breezy it's a really good time yeah okay uh i think another obvious one for me is the born trilogy i've never seen those ones oh my goodness we're gonna have to do those eventually. They're they're good. They're 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 also that spy espionage action stuff. Okay. But instead of James Bond, as you mentioned at the start of this, is more like style and pizzazz yeah. and a one man t team. Whereas mm -hmm. Mission Impossible is, uh, it's still action based, but he has a t a team. There's mm -hmm. more ca characters there. Um, the Bourne movies is espionage but it, it's more focused on one character but it's more it is more on the the who is this character who yeah, is i know Jason i know it's Bourne. more of a mystery kind, kind of. of it's more of a okay. thriller okay um and yeah i i think that also fits right up there and it's also another 
carries that was like, hey, we're going to put Jeremy Renner in because he's going to be the next big action star. Wait, never mind. He's going <laughs> to take a backseat role. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it, it has some parallels there. Okay. But j- just, just if nothing else, the, the original three, because the one they brought Jeremy Renner in, I think, was the fourth one. And they were like, okay. uh-oh, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> um, not that he's a bad actor no, in these things. I just, job. yeah, I, I just think they were like they were starting to groom him to be the next big mm-hmm. action star, and it's like, well, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know if he's a leading man, but I do love him as part of an ensemble. Yeah, yeah, he was good. So I would recommend that. Um, if I were to go a more anime route, I would kind of say Ghost in the Shell. Okay. Yeah. Not as action heavy. It's it's a little, it's a little more solemn, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, but there is this kind of spy espionage terrorism stuff going on there with that. Um, but it's a little bit more futuristic and cyberpunk and stuff like that. So there you go. That is another good one. Um, but it is time to pitch stuff for next week. And it is my turn, my turn, yeah. Okay, Um, what do you got? So let me see, I'm going to close Twitch out here. By the way, we had someone else in the chat, so thank you for stopping by. Hi! Uh, Kitty cat, I don't remember the numbers that you were on the end of your thing, but hello. Um, Yeah, to you. I am pulling up my notes that I had all the stuff written down. I had two ideas, oh shit, I didn't write down the third one. Fuck, what Mm -hmm. was I going to do? (laughs) <laughs> i i had two ideas one was themed and then i decided not to do the mm-hmm. themed one because i felt like it was too cheesy um <gasps> kyle you can never be too cheesy for me I, what was i gonna do i need to look up oh i remember <laughs> what it was i i, I kind of wanted to do stuff just like i didn't want to do a theme or like all movies i wanted a good mix of stuff um as my first pitch so that's why i pitched the theme but i will at least let you know what the theme was it was movies that take place in 2019 because that was going around twitter oh um and my three pitches would have been akira uh blade runner and the running man starring oh, schwarzenegger <laughs> what a combination of films um, yes. yeah which it still still would have been a good thing so maybe we have all of this year to eventually yeah. come back t- to that but i wanted to mix it up a little bit more mm-hmm. uh so my first pitch is a graphic novel called batman white knight i have it right here if you guys can see it on the camera screen Okay, that seems um, cool. DC Black Label. DC Black Label. Uh, it's <laughs> their more DC. Yeah, it's their more adult uh, <laughs> DC level. If you heard all the stuff about seeing Batman's penis, it was on one of their Black Label books. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, Batman White Knight is kind of an world story. It's self-contained. My roommate actually got this for me for Christmas. That's why nice. I also kind of wanted to pitch this. Uh, it's written by Sean Murphy um, with uh, Matt Hollingsworth as well. Um, and b- basically the story is 
in today's day and age, when something crazy happens, everyone takes out their cameras and they film it, right? Yeah. Like, that's just what we do. If we see some kind of injustice, if we see some weird person on the train, we take pictures, we Mm -hmm. film it. So the Mm -hmm. book opens with Batman capturing the Joker and beating him up, like, to a pulp, like, violently. And people are filming it. And it goes viral, and oh. it doesn't look good for Batman. This is like, oh. ooh, this is not a good look. Like, you shouldn't be beating people up that badly. You, you know, like, it's, it's fine. Like, I mean, it's not, I, I guess, fine in their world. He's mm-hmm. still a vigilante, right? But mm-hmm. it's, it's that thing of like, oh, you're Batman. We know what you do. But that was a little t- too far. Yeah. Uh, and so I think Joker goes into a coma, and then once he comes back out of it, he kind of sees what happened and sees the backlash, and he kind of takes up the mantle of the White Knight of, hey, I'm going to go straight and kind of clean up Gotham and be like, hey, Batman is not good for Gotham. So that is Batman White Knight. It's an interesting one. Uh, my second one I'm gonna p- pull up here on Comicsology, uh, blah blah blah, is Essex County. Okay, uh, I've heard that name. I I I don't I think I mentioned it once before. Um, so this is by Jeff Lemire. Uh, it's a graphic novel, but I apparently what I did not know is that it's a series of like short stories. Okay. Um, so there's a couple different stories within this. It all takes place within Essex County, Ontario. Um, and it's a bunch of, I, I, I kind of want to say almost like Stand By Me style stories where it's just oh. a small town. Here's what happens. Here's these kids going on into like a short adventure, um, stuff like that. I think it's all in black and white. Um, but we did a recent episode on, uh, Plutona. Yes. Uh, that's the same author. Okay. Um, so this is Jeff Lemire, but he's also doing the artwork on this one. I don't know how to pitch this better. Um, no, I, I can wrap my head around that yeah like sort of slice of life really great things i think this is one of the books that kind of brought his name into the limelight in the comics world there um so it it was it's like one of his first award-winning books Um, but he always has some really fantastic character moments uh which i like a lot pitch number three Oh, I'm kind of uh-huh. surprised at myself that I haven't pitched something in this family before because I'm such a big fan of this franchise. Uh, and that's the Gundam franchise. Oh, yes. And it's it's also kind like I, I kind of know why, like I want to introduce you to Gundam in a better way, honestly. Uh-huh. But the the show that I want to open, I, I would much rather open you with, is a much longer show. So we uh-huh. can't do it all w- within one week. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think both Hulu and Netflix now have a series called Gundam Unicorn. What? Um, 
Yes, Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn. Gundam Unicorn. Uh, <laughs> and it's literally because the Gundam in that has a giant like unicorn horn. Okay. Um, okay. But, so there's multiple timelines in the Gundam stuff. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna mention all of that stuff. This takes place. I want to say like 30 years after, uh, wait, let's see. It takes place in 96. So it takes place, uh, like 16 years. I think after the end of some of the main events in this timeline. Um, but, uh, it's, it's kind of this new kid just kind of growing up after the war like when he was a kid he didn't really know what was happening or mm -hmm. something like that but it's it's kind of this self-contained gundam story that i think it would be easily digestible for us to talk about okay. uh, and it's a newer show so it's not the old original show which i still fucking love which came out in like 1979 <laughs> you know um but uh, it yeah, so it's it's a much newer anime. It's a mini series, so I think it's only seven episodes. Okay. Uh, and it's a much newer animation style, and it it looks fantastic. Um, and I think since it's a smaller, digestible thing, it'll give you a good reference to, uh, what Gundam I I is like, what the mm -hmm. types of villains they have there. Here's the type of combat. Here's kind of the things that they're dealing with. Um, so that is pitch number three. Okay. To go over those again, that's Batman, White Knight. Uh, that's pitch number one. Pitch number two was Essex County. How much of Jeff Essex Lemire. County? I don't know if you specified. Uh, it's all on Comixology. It's one bit, like, it's one thing. You, you can oh. search, uh, Essex okay. County and it's like... It's I I guess technically it's the deluxe edition. They've added in some stories there, but yeah, it's one graphic novel of these short stories. Okay, if that makes sense. I think there's like three short stories. Um, so yeah, and then pitch number three: Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay, we have not done Batman in my tenure on the show. And White Knight sounds really interesting, but it also sounds so... Because it's kind of an Elseworlds. I don't know if that's the Batman to start with. And okay. I love unicorns, but I also don't know if that's the Gundam to start with. I'm interested in both those franchises, but maybe a different variation at a different time. Sounds I'm good. really intrigued by Essex County. Okay. Like, you, you had the least to say about it, but the basic premise and knowing... What I liked about Plutona, which was kind of like the small town, like interactions yeah. among the people side of things. Like, I'm really intrigued by whatever is in there. So I want to do Essex County. Okay. Essex County for next week. I haven't read this one. So mm -hmm. I, I don't even know exactly what to expect. Um, it's just one of those things I've always heard about. Like, hey, if you like Jeff Lemire, you should absolutely read Essex County. Yeah. Ex Blech. Essex County. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> I I've not eaten yet. All I've had is some Mountain Dew in here. So like yeah. my my no. fingers are just starting no. to get tingly. Of like Kyle, you should eat some food. You should get <laughs> like sustenance in your 
body because that's yeah mountain dew breakfast of champions Uh, (laughs) kyle what have i always said is the most important thing breakfast sure i had i had breakfast in my (laughs) avengers cup earth's mightiest breakfast (laughs) yeah yeah there we go. Essex County mm-hmm. for next week. It's on Comixology Unlimited. Uh, if you are a awesome. subscriber to that, you can read it on there. Uh, you can also buy it just on Comixology regularly or at a local comic book store or maybe Barnes & Noble. I don't know. Uh, but it is out there. You can find it pretty easily. I'm excited Yeah. for this next week. That'll yeah, be good. Yeah, something... Again, something new to both of us this year. Yeah, something I didn't mention at housekeeping at the like start of the show. We do have a little bit of a new release schedule. That's Uh, right. I think at the time we're still keeping our recording time the same, at least for now. Uh, But uh, these episodes should be up on Patreon faster. Basically, right after this, I'm going to start reco- uh, start e- 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 editing this so I can put it up on Patreon, which means it'll be out to the public. Excuse me. Uh, it'll be out to the public much, much sooner. It used to be that I would uh, release these episodes to the public the following week. So the mm-hmm. morning that we recorded um, an episode, the one from the week before would go live on feeds i think what we're gonna do we record these um live on twitch at twitch.tv slash the whatnots every sunday uh at noon eastern time mm-hmm. um which i guess for you is 11 a.m yep. central um but these should go up on patreon either sunday night or monday morning and then live wednesday is okay wednesday good Sounds good to me. There you go. We'll we'll stick with Wednesday. Um, that gives that gives uh people who missed the live stream, but who are Patreon supporters, uh, they can go listen to it early for a couple days and stuff like that, and then uh, it's out a little bit faster for people who are on live streams. I mean, not on live streams, or just. The normal people who happen to check out this show, because they're like, oh, I like Mission Impossible. I want to check out that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Patreon is patreon.com slash the whatnots. You can give us your life savings. Uh, you can take yeah. out a loan and give us all of that money. Uh, <laughs> we, we would absolutely love that. Um, if you have a retirement plan, uh, just Don't. give that all to, 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 to us. Don't listen to Mamoa. So she's giving you bad advice. Give us all your money. Okay. That's what we want. <laughs> Please give us two orbs of plutonium. (laughs) Rare earth metals might work as well. We can sell those on the black market. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so the the Patreon, all of that goes back into helping keeping these shows alive, keeping our mics on, hosting costs, all of that stuff. Uh, So if you like what we do here at the review show or over at the captain's log uh, and maybe hopefully soon we can get the reactor core back up and running because we haven't done one of those in a long, yeah. long time. Uh, but if you like those, to. those shows, yeah, you can uh, support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar. And mm-hmm. it helps us out a ton. It's pocket change. 
you guys a dollar a month and that gets you uh early episodes and something we're gonna start doing here yes uh, very very soon hopefully uh maybe by the end of january maybe mid-february we'll have our first uh review show patreon exclusive episode up yes uh melissa and i have to talk about that Mm -hmm. uh, and stuff like that but yeah all sorts of cool things melissa where can the uh fine folks on the interwebs find you I have a Twitter and an Instagram. Those are both Wilkywit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And you guys can find me on the internet at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and if you guys want updates for this show, uh, we always have the, the info, I guess, down at the b- 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 bottom there uh, at the whatnots for Twitter. And it has our t- t- Twitch and Patre- Patreon and mm-hmm. stuff there. So, yeah. Essex County for next week. We will see you uh, on the live stream next Sunday at noon, uh, unless something changes. And then uh, (laughs) we will keep you updated. Don't worry. And then on Wednesday uh, for when the episode goes live. That is it. That is all. I will stop rambling because I'm sure most of you t- tuned out and was like, well, they're done t- talking about Mission Impossible. Yeah. So who, who No more cares? spy stuff. Yeah, no more spy stuff. So that is it. We will see you guys next week. Adios, guys. Bye. Bye.